Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good evening to you. I am Jason Kong. Uh, my lovely cast is always here on a, a, we'll call this Christmas Eve Eve. We've got Cooper Linton here with Transition, Transitions Life Care. Good evening to you, Cooper. Good evening. We are sneaking up on Christmas. That, that's it. Have you got all your shopping done? Are you good to go? At this point, it doesn't matter whether I have it done or not. Christmas is here, so I pretty much have to, I got to handle it. You've got 36 hours, more or less, to yeah. get things done if, if yeah, you have Let's just already. say uh, we're, we're going to go with what's in the stocking. We're just going to go with that. <laughs> and with Transitions Guiding Lights, we have the lovely Nicole Bruno. Good evening to you, Nicole. Well, hello. Glad to be here. The, now, are you all set on, on the Christmas? I have to say, I am um, not doing so hot this year. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm usually so organized, but I've had so many things piled on me in the last few weeks that I have gotten a bit behind. Lots of coffee for everyone under the tree, I Yeah, I think it's going to be a long night. (laughs) Oh, brother. All right. Well, everyone, everyone wish Nicole well on the the next twenty four hours. Or Some so assembly required. Doesn't That's matter right. what it is. Some That's assembly right. required. Any assembly we can get done. So just go ahead and get it done. Well, we've got a great show lined up for tonight, and I'm really excited to talk to uh, both of our guests here. But um, Cooper, we, we talk all about caregiving. That's pretty much what this show is about. And a lot of times, we're uh, well, most of the time, really, we're not prepared for a, a caregiving situation. We're kind of thrust into that. And every situation is, is kind of different, but if you're uh, at home and you need equipment, man, a lot goes into that and you're often not prepared for it. Very often people are in a hospital, they're being discharged home, mm-hmm. and someone comes in and says, you're going to need DME. And they're gonna, you get a prescription for a list of things that they need. Uh, some of those items, you don't even know what they are. And by the way, what is DME in the first place? <laughs> right. Uh, and if that wasn't confusing enough, they decided to call it HME. And now I'm more confused. Now I have two acronyms and a list of stuff. And I'm supposed to go home tomorrow. And as a family member, I'm overwhelmed. So what do I do? Well, it turns out it doesn't have to be that complicated. And there are folks out there that can really make a difference. That's good news. It is good news. That's good Christmas news, good holiday news. We have Brad Heath with us this evening. He's the Vice President of Operations and Marketing for Family Medical Supply. Uh, Family Medical Supply is still family-owned and operated and has been serving our community for almost 30 years, between 25 and 30 years. And they have an enormous depth of understanding of products and also the services that can help families stay at home. So we invited them to come on and just talk to us about what do you do when you're going home and you need things to help you stay home. So, Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here, Cooper. So can we start with those two acronyms? What is DME? What is HME? And what's, what, what does all these acronyms really mean? So we'll start with uh, home medical equipment, which is uh, HME. And basically anything that goes in the home uh, falls under that HME category. Uh, But DME is a little different. It is considered HME, but it's durable medical equipment, which means that you don't consume it. You don't throw it away when you're done. It may be reusable. What's an example of that? What's an example of the two different ones? So uh, a cane or a walker would be durable medical equipment. It may be something that once you've used it, uh, you can pass on to a relative or someone else. You put it in a closet because somebody else in the family may need it one day. A Mm -hmm. pair of crutches would be durable medical equipment. Um, Home medical equipment would be something uh, like infusion now, where folks are doing some chemotherapy at home, uh, or nutritionals, 
would be home medical equipment because you consume those. Things are going to use up. Absolutely. Even the supplies. There's a lot of folks on CPAP now. Mm -hmm. And so your mask itself would be the home medical equipment, but the machine would be durable. You could reuse the machine all you And the CPAP serves to help patients who have apnea, sleep Sleep apnea. apnea. That's right. Folks who who, uh, quit breathing at night for one reason or another, it just kind of works as an air splint to keep their airway open for we them. used to just call that you know horrendous snoring until we realized it was actually a <laughs> medical condition and people stopped breathing and it was i, I think once them. most of the wives in the world figured out that they could get their <laughs> husband to stop snoring we had a medical diagnosis fair enough <laughs> what, what about oxygen can we because we we tend to talk about home equipment or durable equipment and then we talk about oxygen almost in the same sentence but they're really not the same thing they're really not when you step into the respiratory world you're dealing with somebody's lungs uh you're dealing with their insides as opposed to just their outside so if you do a bed uh that's completely dealing with the outside of your body but once you move into oxygen uh, it is a little different uh, north carolina is a little different state north carolina is one of only two states that require for you to have uh backup oxygen 24 hours of backup oxygen in the home and and the other is florida so i think we have hurricanes to thank for that uh, as far as that goes. But oxygen is one of those things that uh, prescribes at many different levels. You want to make sure you're getting enough to your lungs. There's a lot of advertising now about uh, the, the lightest oxygen or the smallest uh, concentrator of oxygen. Which, and, and a concentrator is actually just a filter. It filters nitrogen out of the air. Uh, but you have to be careful what you're surrendering with those. Have, does your doctor really know that you're getting enough or have you decided to move to something that is not quite getting you what you need and you may surrender a little health on that so i think when people think about durable medical equipment oftentimes they think about going to their local pharmacy and you know picking up one of those little walkers or the little testing strips for your diabetes but talk to us a little bit about why going to an actual store such as yours organization makes a difference in that individual's life Really, the biggest part is that we work directly with the insurers and also directly with the patients. We are the bridge there. Uh, A mother who goes and gets a breast pump at Toys R Us goes and picks one off the shelf, Mm -hmm. and she turns her receipt in and hopes Blue Cross Blue Shield does something with that. Um, if, If they come to us, we work directly with Blue Cross Blue Shield so that they don't have to pay that out of pocket or file that claim. And that's one example. But another is... Uh, you meet directly with the patient about what their needs are, not just today, but moving forward. You know, uh, do they have uh, the right walker? Is it at the right height? Uh, a cane should always rise to the break in your wrist to help you with your good posture. You know, and so, so you actually take the time to to test all that out. It's not just about selling the equipment. Absolutely, absolutely. Does the bedside commode uh, fit the room you're going to put it in? You know, or if you buy something for the bathroom, are you going to be able to get in and out of the bathroom? And uh, those things a lot of times are not returnable for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. And so you really need to invest with the patient up front. So is that something that there's an additional charge for? Not at this point. Okay. There's not. Um, I'm going to answer that question two ways. Uh, if you reach a place that you say, hey, we need somebody in our home assessing for this, yeah, there may be some charge for, for some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're coming in and sitting down with us, um, that's part of part of the coverage for these items. 
So I had a personal experience dealing with your company, and one of the things that I really noticed that you took a lot of time is to make sure that the doctor understood what they were writing the prescription for, for the piece of equipment. Because sometimes the doctors miscode things or don't write the right thing down. Where So if you were to take that prescription yourself and try to fill it without help, you may end up paying more money out of your pocket. Nicole, that's a, that's a beautiful point. It's a great point. And I have a lot of empathy for doctors. Healthcare is changing so fast right now that the notes they have to write for their own patients for what they do in a day is changing very, very quickly. And uh, so it's impossible for them to keep up with what's changing for us as well. So we spend a lot of time working with them on things, on things like that, on what it is they need to show if insurance is going to cover an item. I think sometimes we miss some obvious stuff. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to own a pair of shoes that doesn't fit me. But people will go out and buy a walker or buy a cane or a wheelchair, uh, particularly if they think they can get this bought online or they can have it shipped to the house, which is terribly convenient in some respects. But there's really an issue of fit. And I I had a family member two weeks ago who ended up with a walker at their house. Their body posture was was incorrect. And they actually were at risk of falling because they had the wrong walker adjusted to the wrong height. How do you address situations like that? You really meet with the patient up front and show them what you can do there. Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, one, one of the things, Cooper, that, that you really want to do is look at what, are the, what is their weight now? What is their weight gain going to be? If they're within 10 pounds of the weight capacity of that walker or that cane and all of a sudden they've become disabled, well, you can pretty well bet they're going to gain a little bit of weight because they're not getting around, and you don't want them to have something that a year from now they can't use. So it's helping people tomorrow, not just today. Absolutely. Our guest this evening is Brad Heath. He is the Vice President of Operations and Marketing for Family Medical Supply, and Brad has also just won the award for the Aging Matters Most Festive Attire uh, for, for the year, I think, Brad. I'm very impressed with, with your attire. You, you, I love the Santa hat. You're doing great. We're going to continue our conversation on home medical equipment and durable med- medical equipment in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. I am Jason Kong alongside Nicole Bruno and Cooper Linton. Our guest this evening is Brad Heath. He is the Vice President of Operations and Marketing for Family Medical Supply. And Cooper, we were uh, were having a discussion about the difference between home medical equipment and durable medical equipment and uh, the service that family medical supply provides and you know that that's important but man it's it's kind of uh it it goes to a whole nother level when you maybe we've got a natural disaster or some uh, bad winter weather you know that you're you might take some of this stuff for granted and preparation is really key in that fact well, North Carolina is uh, a beautiful state, mm-hmm. but that also comes with some uh, pretty challenging hurricane seasons, and it can also come with some bizarre winter weather where we have 60-degree right. weather, and three days later we have ice on the ground. <laughs> uh, and I think it really speaks to the caregivers who are trying to ensure the safety of someone at home. And I, I wanted to pitch that over to, to Brad, and we were talking about oxygen People can run out of that, and inclement weather is a pretty serious issue. How do you guys address that, and what's been your experience? I know we're we're not far from actually the uh, Hurricane Matthew, still in our very recent memory. 
So, Cooper, the very first thing we've got to do is, is be prepared, uh, and we've got to make sure our patients are prepared. At this point, we send out phone calls to all our patients about three or four days out that says, make sure you have backup oxygen in your home. Make sure you have what you need because uh, after the fact, we might not be able to get to you. We don't know what the situation is, but, but we will work with emergency services. Hurricane Matthew for us was such an anomaly. It was, it was a event where you're proud of how our people came together. Uh, but with the flooding of that, the storm itself was not mm-hmm. the worst part right. in the midst of the storm. So we found ourselves working with the National Guard to provide supplies to our vent patients uh, because they were waiting for, for dams to burst and couldn't let us in. And, and they did. So uh, making sure in times like that that you have folks that you uh, know and you're not waiting on a drop ship from somewhere Jeez. across the country is, is really important. Uh, it's an investment into your long-term health. So it sounds like to me, you know, and I've kind of heard this repeatedly over the years, that we really have a gap in how do we help those who may not be able to help themselves get prepared. What, is something, what are some of the things that you do in your organization to kind of, I know you said the phone calls, but kind of do you sort of take it to the next level when you see somebody that's homebound? Do you hand anything out or do you, have you heard of any organizations that help people understand how very important this is? Because some people are pretty stubborn and just don't think it's ever going to happen. They're going to ride out this storm. You know, there are folks that, that do think that uh, we have dealt with that. We've dealt with patients on Bald Head Island. We've dealt with patients on Ocracoke Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, those folks are very independent. As North Carolinians, we're, we're an independent mm-hmm. group a lot of times. As human beings, actually, absolutely, in general. <laughs> absolutely. We have yeah. a saying in our family that's, uh, I do it myself. Mm-hmm. You know, And that tends to work uh, when folks think that, oh, I can make it through this. Uh, but the truth is, is that it's, it's very hard uh, in those situations because all the folks that can get to you uh, have a whole list of folks they're trying to get to. Yeah, and definitely. So we work with the power company. They have a list of our patients mm-hmm. ahead of time. Uh, we work with emergency services to say, hey, these are folks that are the most vulnerable. And then you really do try to work with the patients and the caregivers. Uh, you can't do it for them, but mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. I think it's really tricky because that group tends to be pretty socially isolated as well. So they may not have a church family around them or they may not even really have family members around them. So it's just kind of scary to me that some people are just out there as islands unto themselves, just kind of waiting to see what happens. You know, and this is uh, whether whether it's us or somebody else locally, that's why it's so important to have somebody that is within a driving distance of you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, right now we see so much advertising in all forms of healthcare. Uh, for the latest, greatest commercialized item, but folks don't realize what they may be giving up in service if something is sent to them from California. So when you say within driving distance, what, what does that mean? Because, I mean, how easy is it to get to one of your offices or staff from your office being able to get out? How, how broad an area do you service? We have uh, 18 locations. Uh, we really service from uh, Winston-Salem and Charlotte East uh, all the way over. Any patient that is within two hours uh, is is really within our service range, but we advertise a whole lot tighter than that. So so we really want somebody within an hour of us at any time so that you can get out there to them pretty quickly. We make sure with, with oxygen they have 24-hour backup. Uh, with ventilators they have plenty of backup as well. So uh, getting to them is not a problem. So in these 18 locations and covering from Charlotte literally through the Outer Banks, what are the services that people can can get? So the traditional things that we've discussed, the oxygen, the CPAP for folks who have sleep apnea, uh, canes, walkers, bedside commodes, uh, those are all common things. 
Uh, but we also have respiratory therapists on staff. Uh, if somebody's got some questions there, they want some individual time. Uh, we do custom wheelchairs. Uh, when you think of someone like Christopher Reeves or those types of injuries, we work with uh, seating facilities. We've worked with the Shepherd Center out of Atlanta. And then we do home modifications, uh, oh, stair lifts uh, for folks that have two-story houses and the bedrooms upstairs and everything else is downstairs. And uh, talking about that independence where they just don't want to leave there to go somewhere else. So it really seems to me, no matter where a person calls home, durable medical equipment is probably a part of it once they start having some physical needs. So talk to us about sort of the other types of organizations you need to work with and coordinate with, because it almost seems like you're the center. I know hospital discharge planners are always in a panic. Okay, we can't discharge them until the durable medical equipment's in place, and that sort of sounds like the first piece. And so tell me about some of the other ways you work with other healthcare entities. Well, certainly uh, home health is a huge part of that because these are the folks that are in the home before we get there a lot of times and and certainly after we leave. Uh, Transitions is certainly someone that you want to work with, uh, especially in this area. Uh, But anybody who is going in that home on a regular basis, there's a lot of private duty nursing now, uh, and those folks tend to come by and they actually shop a little bit. They want to know what's out there for the folks that they're working with. Uh, And then caseworkers. We have rehab centers we work in with that they have an entire uh, mock bathroom set up so that they can train the patient there on site for what it's going to be like in their home. And those are, those are unique. And I've also witnessed personally, you know, you actually take the time to train some of the private duty home care agencies in the area on how to use certain types of equipment. People can come into your stores sometimes. And I've, I've seen that. And I think that's phenomenal because, you know, not all pieces of equipment are exactly the same. And so sometimes folks have some needs that you know, some of the people are providing the de- direct care are unsure of how to utilize. So I think that's great. Thank you. Absolutely. Not not just the patient, but the, the home health agency, yeah. the hospice, we will go in and uh, set up an in-service on anything they want to learn about. How do I reach you? I mean, a silly question is that, but how do, how do we find out if I want to go buy a store, if I want to have a discussion about oxygen in my home, if I want to have a conversation about uh, inclement weather preparedness, how, how do we how does someone reach you? So we are uh, we're within driving distance of anybody who is listening to this show, um, at least at least via radio wave. Um, but uh, www.familymedsupply.com, and uh, we certainly have a one eight hundred number one eight hundred eight nine two three four three five. Both of those are the easiest, and uh, without me listing all the locations here, you can find that uh, in either one of those. And if there was one takeaway that you wanted listeners to walk away from tonight regarding HME or DME, what, what would that be? That when you buy one of these products uh, or when you step into this world, it is not the same as going to the grocery store where you're looking for your meals for a week. Uh, this is an investment into your prognosis. For some folks, uh, they're going to be getting better. You know, they've been through some type of surgery they're recovering from. For some folks, this is the natural aging process. And it, they may be getting uh, a little worse as time goes on. And so just making sure that you're spending the time to invest in the direction you're going is the most important thing. And if I can just take a, a point of uh, personal, um, Brad's organization actually helped uh, Transitions recently uh, grant a wish for a patient that had a very unusual oxygen need. Uh, but it was an end-of-life care wish. And uh, in conjunction with Family Medical Supply, we were able to really make a difference in this gentleman's life, uh, well, and the life of his, his family. I just want to actually say a public thank you to 
to you, Brad, for that and the work of Family Medical Supply. Thank you, but uh, I really just appreciate you guys finding those folks. You know, on our end of the spectrum, we don't necessarily get to find those folks, and participating in that stuff is fun. That's that's when you go, hey, this is exactly what we all signed up for. Well, it's being in community. It's 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 really the mission of what we're formed for. So, thank you, thank y'all. Brad Heath, Vice President of Operations and Marketing for Family Medical Supply. Thank you so much for your time this evening. We really appreciate it. If you would like to find more about them, again, the website familymedsupply.com, or you can uh, reach them by phone at 1-800-892-3435. That's 1-800-892-3435. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm Jason Kong, Nicole Bruno, and Cooper Linton here alongside me. And Cooper, you've brought in uh, just a, a very esteemed guest. We've got the Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall, here. Are, are we setting up an LLC? What's going on? I'm, we I'm are not setting up an LLC, but okay. we are uh, more than honored to have Madam Secretary join us uh, this evening. And I think maybe one of the first questions folks will have is, why is the Secretary of State on this radio show regarding caregivers? What does the Secretary of State's office have to do with caregiving? And there's probably nobody who can answer that better than Madam Secretary herself. That's so, right. Do you, can you help us understand a little bit about the breadth of your office and then why it's relevant to caregivers? Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm delighted to be here and uh, help the caregivers out there and the rest of the world understand the value that the Secretary of State's office provides for citizens. Uh, I think we're the most uh, under, least understood agency in state government, and I jokingly say I'm the Secretary of Stuff because <laughs> if the General Assembly wants to keep a record of something and doesn't know where it might fit, then we get it. Uh, and that's exactly uh, the shorthand way of how we're in the advanced healthcare directory business. Our primary work is to provide uh, open, transparent records and formation of businesses. Uh, we register a lot of entities and things, mm -hmm. and we do some regulation in certain lines of work with actual law enforcement authority and prosecutors and what have you. But what we're here to talk about today, advanced healthcare directories, uh, are something that we are just a registration agent for. But we take the consumer uh, aspect of letting people know what it is, how to do it, what it doesn't do, all those kinds of things, the education aspect of this very seriously. Uh, one of our lines of work is to uh, work with seniors. We do scam jams and other senior activities all across the state every year. Now, a lot of these are focused on keeping seniors from being scammed out of their finances, uh, in getting bad contracts, just all kinds of things like this that we do with the attorney general and the postal inspector. One, one, one of the functions that the Secretary of State participates in, we do it along with the postal inspector, the attorney general, local DAs and sheriffs, is we go around the state and we have uh, lots of times we call them scam jams or give them some other titles. But we work with uh, seniors and senior care providers in helping to educate folks about how not to be tricked, 
duped, scammed, whether it's things like bad contracts for aluminum siding and roofing or what we do, investment, because there are people trying to get into the assets of seniors uh, and scam them out of every last thing they can get. So we put a component in there also on our services to seniors, and one of those is the Advanced Healthcare Directory. But let me say, this is not limited to senior citizens only. Considering an advanced health care directory is something that everybody at any age ought to be thinking about. Uh, the reason that the Secretary of State's office has this function is because we are very good database managers. We have thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of business records that people uh, search every day. Business decisions are made every day out of little pieces of the puzzle of information that folks get from the Secretary of State's free, open 24 by 7 website, uh, sosnc.gov, sosnc.gov. Uh, so uh, the Advanced Healthcare Directory is one small component of that. Now, this is on a separate secure server, separate and apart from all of the rest of the databases that we have. That's a very important uh, factor. This is a confidential database. It is only through the use of an individual passcode can somebody get in to look at a healthcare directory or other aspects that we have in this database. So this is a, a service we can break down what we have there uh, as we go through this uh, conversation, but that is what we do with regard that would be important to care providers. And it's prominently displayed on your homepage. You gave that homepage earlier uh, for the Secretary of State's office online www.sosnc.gov. Now, let me say that as of about three weeks ago, we have a brand new website. So if folks had us bookmarked, then you will need to re-bookmark. You will, it's, a, it's a really a total workover. You can go to the quick links right away that you see there, and you can just see in that drop-down menu and bookmark any different section you want, or if you're looking up our different divisions, it's wonderful that Advanced Healthcare Directory starts with A. In A to Z, it's <laughs> the very top of the list, so it's right there, it's prominent, and you just click on, and bingo, you go over to it. So what is the directory, and why would I want to use it? Why do I need to use this online directory? What this provides is the forms that you want to consider filling out. It is a way for somebody to have their voice heard, their direction given to medical providers when they're in a situation that they may not have a voice. It is important for families to know what mother and daddy's wishes are. How do they want to be cared, cared for if they can't actually speak up? There are a total of four different documents that are available, again, for free, the instructions on how to fill them out are there. The only aspect is that when you file one with us for the registry, it does cost $10. Uh, we've got to sustain this database, and that's the minimum cost that we, um, that we have to charge for this. The actual documents are the health care power of attorney, the declaration of desire for a natural death. That's what people sometimes call a living will. And then the advanced instruction for mental health treatment or the organ donor or anatomical gift. You know, people know instinctively that they need a will. And you really need a will, certainly when you become an adult. People need a will when they have small children because things do happen. You want your desires 
Who's going to take care of those children? Who's going to have custody of them? It may not be controlling, because the courts have something to say about that, uh, of who is going to be able to care for your children, but it certainly is very, very instructive and given serious weight by the courts. Um, These forms that are there are the prescribed statutory forms, because people sometimes say, can I do this myself? Well, Yes, you can, because if you've got a pen and a piece of paper or a typewriter or a computer, you can do it. However, there are certain requirements that hospitals and doctors are looking for. They are not going to take someone off of life support on a very flimsy <laughs> basis. Uh, you know, They are looking for the legal protection that is afforded them by having the appropriate form that has been prescribed by the North Carolina General Assembly and in the case of the living will, that it has been signed in the appropriate way. What I'm saying with that is, is that the law in North Carolina is that it must be notarized Mm -hmm. and that the witnesses must be disinterested. They must be kind of strangers to your family line because we don't allow somebody in the family who might benefit from the fact that you're still living or have passed on to be one of the witnesses. Uh, This has been very well thought out by our North Carolina General Assembly and the medical community together so that um, these instructions will be the very best things that the doctors can be looking at. So two things. Uh, The first um, is you don't often hear when you're having uh, caregivers and care receivers meet meet with attorneys to fill out these documents to have them registered online with your office, wondering why. And then number two, what is really the benefit of registering them? You know, does does a hospital system have the ability to access and see if somebody happens to have things listed in the event of an emergency? Well, first off, it is appropriate if you have used a lawyer for this for that to be filed with us. You don't have to exclusively use the forms. The lawyer's most likely going to be using the form, Mm -hmm. but it can be registered with us. The real key is that hospitals all are on the internet. Um, They can access these 24-7 with the password. And what we want people to do is to, this is a password you don't want to keep secret. You (laughs) want to put it up on your refrigerator. You want to give it to your bridge club, your church circle, your girlfriends that come on over, your doctor, your pastor. Somebody needs to know that it's available because what happens is in a crisis and emergency, a couple of things. You're going to be under the care of a doctor that you've never heard of, not your normal family Mm -hmm. doctor. probably at a specialized care unit in a hospital that you didn't even know existed. And people in a time of crisis are not thinking very, very clearly. Mm -hmm. So having that widespread out there among your family group, I'm talking family in the big sense, Mm -hmm. and, and your personal family, to know that you do have this. And that can be the starting place to go find the password. And the hospitals can access them 24 7 And it's very, very helpful uh, to know where it's located. The Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall, is our guest right now. And again, that website, sosnc.gov. If you would like to find more information, we'll continue our conversation in just a bit. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, you are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. 
Jason Kong, Cooper Linton, Nicole Bruno, and our esteemed guest this evening. We've got the Secretary of State Elaine Marshall here with us. And Cooper, we've uh, we've been talking about advanced directives, and we we dropped some big words last segment, and so we're we're going to sort of backtrack a little bit and sort of go over exactly everything that we're talking about because while these are very important documents uh some of the names can get a, a little bit confusing and I, I know i have trouble keeping up with it so uh, maybe there are a few others who, who might have trouble with that as well well we, we're kind of lucky this evening because before madam secretary with the secretary of state for north carolina she was actually a practicing attorney in north carolina right. and so we we have the opportunity to actually have legal counsel with us this evening and a lot of practical experiences yes <laughs> it's a real living sounds good yep. So what is a healthcare power of attorney and what is this declaration of natural death or living will you referenced? A healthcare power of attorney is the document that appoints and authorizes somebody else to make legal healthcare decisions for you when you are incapable of doing it yourself. Let's say you've had a stroke, let's say you've been in an accident, let's say you're in a coma, whatever the situation might be. This keeps four or five family members from squabbling bedside while precious time is wasting as to what type of medical care would be appropriate and having that decision-making happen by somebody who has the legal authority. These kinds of things help keep families together. Uh, the other one, the Declaration for a Natural Death, also uh, pastoral counselors at hospitals have told me this is the finest thing because one child will have one idea about something, another child will have another about what their parent might want. The declaration for a natural death is just that, a natural death versus keeping you alive by extraordinary means, um, whatever it might be given your appropriate situation. Uh, you also can tailor this document to your specific wishes uh, with the statutory form that has been prepared under the Bar Association and um, the Medical Association, it gives you a couple of options of things that you could choose. Uh, these are cases, you know, when there's desire sit situations, uh, uh, terminal disease or uh, vegetative state. I mean, we've all heard about the Terry Schiavo situation. You talk about divided families. Mm -hmm. The whole nation watched that go back and forth. Um, so the instructions on filling these out are available. Uh, the actual forms are there, or you can go to your lawyer, and those forms are perfectly acceptable in our database. And the key is that the hospitals know that this database is available, and um, once we have the passcode, we can figure out, and you can speak when you actually can't speak. So you referenced something earlier, and it may be counterintuitive for some listeners, that Here's a passcode to the online registry, and you said it needs to be available to family. It may be available to your medical providers. If these documents are so valuable, and they are, why do we want them available to everybody? If they're, if they're all that valuable, why aren't we hoarding them and protecting them? Well, time is of the essence frequently. Uh, if you put it in your bank box, they're not going to be available Saturday, Sunday. You give it to your personal doctor. Uh, you're going to be in the care of another doctor, another institution. That doctor may be on vacation. The worst place is the lawyer's office. Folks told me, keep them. Absolutely not. Uh, again, getting getting a hold of somebody. Or people will put it in a fireproof lockbox in the back of a closet or down in the basement. Well, golly, when the time comes, where is the box? 
where's the key? Or if it's a combo thing, who's got the combo? Uh, people get under stress. Not, you know, everybody in the, close to the situation comes under stress. So having this secure but also accessible through a public facility such as we are, but on a separate secure server is very, very important. It can be pulled right up there in the hospital room. I think another thing to keep in mind, I think sometimes people feel like they have to name people to help make decisions for them that are perhaps a spouse or a brother or sister, but sometimes they may not be the best person who will truly make the decision that was your wish. Talk a little bit about that and kind of how people might be able to release some of that guilt around those issues. Well, this is where family conversations are very, very important. Uh, this time of year where holiday season families get together this is a time to talk about these things and people are hesitant to prepare wills and other the living will they're hesitant to talk about this but it is the greatest gift of conversation of love that you can have with your family it takes a burden from all of them and it gives them a legacy of knowing what uh, you you want And I've seen in my own law practice families that were divided never spoke to each other, the siblings, for years and years and years because of things that happened and were said at the bedside when really the person there should have been getting the most loving care, and yet the environment around them was one filled with tension. And and I truly believe that folks can feel tension. I, I just really feel that. Um, given their various situations. So it takes that away. It's a relief for the individual who is having the medical uh, trauma, illness. It's also a relief in the long run for the family. It truly is a family blessing to do this. So in my non-radio work, I spend a lot of time in hospice, and I just want to echo that we see families that are torn apart by these situations. And to your earlier point, At the moment that there's a crisis, that they're in the ICU or they're being transferred home on hospice, that's not always the time to have this conversation. Right. It's the the opportunity is largely missed at that point because we seem unwilling to talk about the reality of mortality years in advance, not weeks, not months. We should really be having this conversation now. If you're 35, 45, or 55 years old, let's have these conversations and I can still put those documents, fill them out, and put them on the registry. I don't have to be a senior citizen. That's right. That's right. What pleases me is that we're seeing a heightened interest by millennials uh, for the organ donation. Uh, they are interested in helping others. And many of them have the attitude, if, 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 if I don't need it anymore right. and it can help somebody else. I've been to uh, uh, donor events where donor families and recipients have been together it's a beautiful beautiful occasion because they're giving the gift of life i do wonder if in the millennial group if this isn't part of what we call the sharing economy you know these are the same folks that want to share a car could be on uber you know if i don't need this kidney how about i share it well we have a long waiting list for organ transplants here in this state uh and uh, people believe that and know that they can give life to another yeah, that's a, that's a great, great message and a great opportunity for people. Again, that website, SOSNC.gov, is the best place for folks to find some more information about the Secretary of State. 
That's absolutely correct. SOSNC.gov. Excellent. Excellent. Sec- North Carolina Secretary of State Elaine Marshall, thank you so much for your time this evening. We really appreciate you coming on, and it's, it's always You're a pleasure. You're welcome. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you spending some time with us this evening. You can find more information and previous episodes at WPTF.com. That's WPTF.com in the Aging Matters section. You can also send us an email, agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. That's agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. And we'd be happy to answer any questions or comments that you may have. And if it's something that you don't want discussed on the air, excuse me, that, uh, you know, we can message you directly, whether it's through Transitions Guiding Lights or Transitions Life Care. We'd be happy to assist you there. Again, have a great evening, everyone. We'll do this again next Saturday night at 7. It's Aging Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF.